0: Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that
1: connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. Today, I'm delighted to have Balaji Ayer, Principal of Product Management at Intel, with us. Balaji, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you, Allison. It's good to be here.
1: So Balaji, why don't you explain the scope of your role at Intel and how it relates to our journey towards data-centric computing?
0: Thank you, Alison. In my current role at Intel, I'm focused on proof points for the new processor and platform technologies, working with our partners and end users on proof of concepts and deployable solutions. Ultimately, the goal is for us to showcase the end user value of all these processor and platform technologies that are bringing out to the market.
1: When you look at the Xeon platform, obviously this is an extensible platform into a number of markets and you know it plays from anywhere from an enterprise data center to a cloud service provider to network and edge implementations. But one thing that has been a broadened focus for Intel with Xeon is the focus on AI and the integration of AI capability into Xeon. Tell me about why this is so important and how Intel has really carved a path for AI optimization.
0: The product that we are talking about today specifically has AI as one of the key features and, and innovation, more specifically, the bFloat16 feature is a major improvement over what was the FP32 implementation in the previous generations. And basically what it is, is that you are able to speed up the AI workload performance with the same level of accuracy as you would have on the FP32 format. And That has, you know, major implications for AI workloads from training perspective, right? I mean, the whole benefit of this feature is to improve the training performance, whether it's text-to-speech or, you know, whether it's image recognition. And there are all these AI workloads that we all are actively using in our day-to-day lives whether we know it or not right a lot of engines that are backed up by these different ai algorithms and so the speed up in the training of these ai models is immensely beneficial to the service providers as well as to the users of these services.
1: Now, with the third-generation Xeon scalable processors, we added some new capabilities with bFloat16. Can you describe what bFloat16 is and how it has been embraced by the industry in terms of a new approach to AI computing?
0: Sure. In the previous generation, the format used was FP32. So what it is, is that there was a single sign bit and an eight bit exponent and a 23 bit mantissa, right? In the B float 16, you still have the sign bit and you still have the eight bit exponent, but then the mantissa is only a seven bit. So in essence, you're skipping the least significant 16 bits of the mantissa, right? But even after doing that, the dynamic range is adequate for a range of deep learning training tasks. And so that's what I was mentioning earlier on is that because of that, you are still able to train deep learning models much faster, but with similar accuracy. Now this has wide use across the industry, which relies on several different frameworks. Like for example, TensorFlow, which was originally proposed by Google, or PyTorch, which was proposed by Facebook. So all these frameworks, they are actively using the bFloat16 optimizations. And so that will help any workloads that are running on these frameworks to be able to benefit from the performance gains that these bFloat16 optimizations bring to the table. And we have several experiments that we have done proof points that validates all the performance projection that we have been making. And in, in some cases, we have actually fared even better than what we had projected.
1: Now, obviously, readying this type of capability takes a lot of work with our industry partners. You mentioned TensorFlow. I know that we've also worked with Facebook on optimizing around B-float 16. Can you talk about how that work happens with our lead customers and why this is such an important area for us to invest? engineering time so intimately to drive optimization
0: sure so maybe we can first talk about tensorflow and see what we did there and then i can also briefly explain about what we did with facebook on pytorch optimization so with tensorflow as you know tensorflow is a very powerful neural network framework that can be used to deploy high-level machine models into production right You know, it was open sourced by Google a few years ago with features like multi-level abstraction for easy model building, easy prototyping, you know, and there are many other benefits of TensorFlow, which actually makes it a very popular framework in deep learning today. The Intel team and TensorFlow development team, we work together to include the bfloat 16 data support for CPUs. And the Intel optimized build of TensorFlow is now available on github.com. The advantage for developers is that they can easily port their existing TensorFlow 1 FP32 models, right? We use the bfloat 16 data type to run on Intel optimized TensorFlow. And there's something called as a Graph Rewrite Pass that will automatically convert certain operations to bFloat16 while keeping some in FP32 for numerical stability. And then, you know, there are some ongoing optimizations that we're working with the TensorFlow team as we go through the rest of the year and those optimizations will be available. And you mentioned PyTorch as well, right? So Intel and Facebook have been collaborating to demonstrate the benefits of bFloat16 on PyTorch as well. So if you look at most machine learning applications, today they use 32-bit floating point for training and inference workloads. And deep learning research has demonstrated that the lower precision increases the performance in two ways, right? One is that the additional multiply-accumulate throughput boosts the compute bond operations and then the reduced footprint boosts memory bandwidth, right? So on the hardware front, obviously Intel has introduced the native BFloat 16 in the third gen Intel Xeon scalable processors, which uses the BFloat 16 to FP32, what we call as FMA or fuse multiply add, and then FP32 to BFloat 16 conversion via the AVX 512 instructions that doubled the theoretical compute throughput over the FP32 FMAs. Now on the software front, PyTorch provided a simple API for users to enable BFloat16 data type for deep learning as a drop-in replacement for FP32 model. And then Intel further optimized the popular, uh, it's called the torch.nn operations. And using the one DNN API, Deep Learning Neural Network Library, these optimizations have been uploaded or upstream to the PyTorch framework.
1: You know, I think that as I look at this, one of the things that comes to mind is that we see tremendous uptick with bFloat16 within the large service providers. You've described a number of examples of folks taking advantage of bFloat16 in their code. How do we see this evolving over time in terms of adoption, and what are you hearing from the ecosystem associated with the technology?
0: So we just looked at a few examples on the framework side, right, TensorFlow and PyTorch. We also did several other proofs with other CSPs. So, for example, there is this model called BERT, right, and BERT is a natural language processing transformer, basically, and it's finding a lot of use cases today. For example, you know, Alice, we might have used many search engines, right, where as you start typing, it will predict the next word that you're typing, right? You must have seen an either in a Gmail or any other social media messaging app, right? And the next word prediction is, is a very popular way of feeding up your messaging experience, right? And so BERT is basically a model that a lot of the CSPs that are offering these sort of messaging services are embracing, for example, Alibaba, they have a, a BERT optimization and we did some experiments on inferencing on bert with alibaba and have seen some tremendous performance gain almost about 1.83x gains with the bfloat16 solution over fp32 right and similarly there is this text to speech which has various use cases right in fact tencent has been a very prominent user of text to speech if you look at some of their applications like the smart speaker uh, they are smart speakers called Ting Ting, which is very similar to your, like, you know, Alexa or, or say, Google Assistant, right? And so, basically, TingTing, oh, Ting Ting, what it does is converts text messages to voice format and reads them out to users, right? How cool is that? And, you know, and there are other use cases, right? Obviously, like voice bots, for example, in contact centers, where companies can deliver a better voice experience for customer service by dynamically generating speech, right? So instead of playing static pre-recorded audio, right, you can provide a more natural voice experience to your customers. And then another use case could be like voice generation in devices, like for example, companies can enable natural communication with users by empowering the devices that they sell to speak human-like voices, right? So it improves the user experience and make for a richer, engaging interaction between the device and the user. Just this past weekend, I came across an interesting piece of news article that talked about how researchers from IIT Chennai and in India are using the text-to-speech technology to create online classes in the current COVID situation. So what they're doing is they're converting the lectures that were originally delivered in English language to 13 different Indian languages with synthesized speech that sounds as natural as possible and close to a sentence that has been read out by a native speaker of that particular language. So as you can see, the possibilities are immense and there's a growing number of use cases in this space. The BFOAT 16 is helping in increasing the adoption and also the performance of these various services that are offered by these service providers.
1: Now, you know, Intel has delivered now three generations of optimizations on Xeon scalable for AI workloads. This was the first time that we delivered something that applied across training and inference workloads. What's next? in terms of capabilities on Xeon for AI with future generations?
0: For future generations, obviously, we have to keep working on improving the training performance on general purpose compute. And that's the key, Alison, here, is that a general purpose compute platform has a lot of capabilities that you can't really get all those capabilities in a purpose-built accelerator with a general purpose platform, our goal is to provide as good and fairly competitive and acceptable range of training performance. And so we will continue to improve upon that going into the next generation of products. Now, obviously, there's also a thing we are say about the scalability of this, right? So we did some experiments on scalability of bFloat16 performance as well, right? And we have got some impressive initial results, and we continue to build on that as we build up several of these AI clusters. Like, for example, right, we did an experiment on bFloat16 training performance on ResNet, which is an image recognition model on TensorFlow on an eight socket node from an ODM called Hive Solutions. They have a Catalina platform, as they call it. And this was done on a single node, but when, when we extrapolated on a 16 node, we are getting an estimated 14x throughput improvement, which is about a 90% scaling efficiency. Right? So there are a lot of these experiments that are where we are planning over the course of the next quarter or two where we can actually measure the performance of BFLOAT 16 on several of these nodes that lead up to the next gen, which has its own improvements in the 2021 time frame.
1: Very nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Bology. If one final question for you, if folks want to engage more with the Intel team and learn more about BFLOT 16, where would you send them for more information?
0: The- Easiest way is for folks to visit intel.ai, and that should take them to a page which has a lot of information on not just Intel products, but a lot of other things from a technology standpoint, blog posts and whatnot, all related to AI. So I would basically start from intel.ai and then from there on go to the other content that gets pointed from that page.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's been a real pleasure.
0: Thank you, Alison, for having me. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com bigdata, intel.com cloud, and intel.com slash
1: datacenteroptimization.